When the Israelites returned from Babylon, they couldn't just go back to normal. We find ourselves heading into a similar situation. What does God want to say to us in this season as we prepare for life after a pandemic? In After the Exile, Living for God in the New Normal, Pastor Harris will preach a series based on the books of Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And this morning, I want to begin a new um, series of messages for the next few weeks um, that come from those three books, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, entitled After the Exile, After the Exile, Living for God in the New Normal, Living for God in the New Normal. And so I'll let you have some time um, to find that, but... um, But I just want us to take a moment to pray and ask that God would speak into our lives today. Will you pray with me once more? Father, we do bless you this morning and thank you for your word. And I pray again that you give us ears to hear what your spirit wants to say to us. I pray that you would lead us even over these next few weeks as you prepare us through your word and by your spirit for the days that are to come. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I think we would all agree that over this past month or so, it has felt as if we have all gone into exile. Life as we knew it seemed to have come to a screeching halt. And many of us have ended up locked up in our homes for much of the time. And for those of us who have been working, going out to work, um, the workplace has looked much different than it was in the past. Um, I just know you can ask some of the hospital and healthcare workers among us. But no matter what our personal situation, we all know that our lives have been turned upside down as our world has been rocked by this pandemic. You know, whenever a crisis of this magnitude hits, our lives get boiled down to the basics and the things that really count in life begin to rise to the surface. You know, the importance of family having food on our table and a roof over our head, one's health, even the the blessing of, of having friends. All those things that we so often take for granted suddenly become of utmost importance. In the same way, during times like these, a spiritual hunger often begins to arise um, within our hearts as, as people begin to realize their great need for God, for His help. And thus, in the midst of of crises such as this one, people are more apt to pray, to think about their relationship with God, to realize how dependent we all really are upon God for his help, his provision, his healing. We saw it in the days that followed 9-11. Churches were filled. People were calling upon God. The church was praying. People in general were praying. But what happens when the crisis is over? What happens when we, as we might say today, come out of exile? What happens when we begin to live our lives in what many are calling our new normal? You see, we're all waiting for the days when we can begin to re-engage with life in a somewhat more normal way. We're looking forward to getting back into the church building to worship together. I know I am. We're looking forward to being able to go to a restaurant or a park or even a baseball game. We want to see schools open again and our our kids sitting in classrooms learning face-to-face. We want to see our economy and businesses up and running again. We want to come out of exile. When will 
when that will fully happen and what that will look like is still really up in the air and there's still so many unknowns. But one thing we do know is this, life is going to look quite different from the way it once was. Our normal is most likely going to turn out to be a new normal. A normal to which we will all eventually adjust and most likely eventually we'll begin to move on with our lives. But here's the question for us today. What will it look like to live for God when we hit that new normal? What will coming out of exile and entering back into life, albeit in some new and different ways, what will that mean to our relationship with God? What will happen to our spiritual lives when the crisis is over? And how can we as the people of God, even the church, prepare ourselves even now for that time when we come out of exile and begin to live our new normal. And that's what we want to look at over these next few weeks as we take some time in the books of Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. For you see, in these three final books of the Old Testament, the prophets were preaching and writing to people who had returned from exile and who were living in their new normal. These were Jews who had returned back to their homeland, back to the promised land after 70 years of exile in Babylon. And their task was to rebuild their nation, to rebuild the city, to rebuild the temple, and even rebuild their lives almost from scratch. Early on, and you can read about, the, about it in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, but early on they lived in great poverty. They had to start all over again, building homes and farming the land. There were all kinds of dangers they faced, and enemies were on every side. It felt like an uphill battle. But you see, they had come back into the land filled with faith and with great spiritual fervency and the determination to live for God and to work for God. And eventually they did begin to prosper, at least to some degree. Their nation began to get back to some sort of normalcy, although it never would be what it once was. And when, you see, when that sense of normalcy began to kick in, like happens in the lives of most people when they begin to experience some sort of stability or some sort of prosperity, the people began to once again take for granted the most important things in life. And before you knew it, the things of God began to fall by the wayside. Well, you see, through these prophets, God spoke to this people who had come out of exile. He gives to them some instructions regarding how they were to live and what they were to do to, to keep them, to get them back on track, to keep them on track. He sent his prophets to encourage them, to exhort them, to teach them what it meant to live as people, as his people, after the exile. And so over these next few weeks, as we prepare to come out of our current state of exile, as we might call it, I want us to look at these messages of these prophets. And as we do, we want to hear God's word to us and learn what it will mean for us to live as the people of God as we begin to move into our new normal. For even now, I believe, even now we need to begin to prepare ourselves as the people of God for life after the exile. And this morning, in our first message, I want us to look and see and answer the question, what kind of people will we need to be? What kind of people will we need to be as we look at the book of Haggai today? And 
And I want to read for us this morning, beginning at Haggai chapter 1, verse number 2. And it says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to have only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Well, that sounds terrible. Verse seven. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And let me read one more verse for you. It's, it won't be here on the screen, but verse nine. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord, because of my house, which remains in ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Well, as we come to the book of Haggai, we find that the Jewish people have been living back in the land of Israel for almost 20 years. As mentioned, when they first came out of exile, they were filled with faith and great spiritual fervor. You see, while they were in Babylon, in, 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 in exile, these people developed quite a zeal for God. I and mean, th that's when the Jewish people really began to dive into the study of God's word and began to really love God's word. And, and they had a zeal for worship and for their relationship with him as they congregated in what became known as synagogues. And it was that zeal for God that caused them to begin the work of rebuilding the temple with great determination. The first thing they did, if you look in the book of Ezra, you find that the first thing they did was to build the foundation and then rebuild the altar. But you see, then the work stopped. Somehow they had gotten distracted. They had lost their focus. They had allowed other things in life to become their priority. You see, that was 18 years prior to the words that we read here from Haggai. And so think about it this morning. For 18 years, the temple was left as just a foundation and an altar. And thus God sends Haggai with a word to these returned exiles, asking, is it right for you to have invested yourselves in taking care of the worldly affairs of your life while neglecting the things of God? Is it right that after all God has done for you, all the miracles, the way he, he brought you out of exile, that you have become so caught up in the material things of your life that you have neglected the spiritual? You see, right now, like those Jews in, Bab in, in Babylon, most of us realize in a time like this how much we really do need the Lord in our lives and just how important it is to invest in our spiritual lives and our relationship with God. And this, I know many of us are, are praying probably more than ever before and maybe we're reading God's word more than ever before and even reaching out to others with great love and compassion. But what about when we come out of exile and we enter into our new normal? What will our spiritual lives look like when we are no longer in crisis, when we're working again, when our health is, is, is in order, when there's food on our table, when we can go on vacation? 
You see, through Haggai, God describes the kind of people he was looking for, the kind of people that he would be able to bless and use to build his kingdom, the kind of people who would really know what it means to live for God in the midst of a changing world. He's saying, listen, yes, you had spiritual fervency then. You came out of exile with this great spiritual passion. But here's what I need for you in the days to come. For these are the kinds of people described here, as we'll see today, that, that God is going to need after this time of our own exile. These are the kinds of people that the church is going to need if we will ever be what God really wants us to be. And the kind of people our world will need us to be if we will ever have a chance, if, if they will have ever have a chance of experience the presence, the power, and the love of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord, at work in their lives. You see, we will need to be, as, 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 as described here in the book of Haggai, first of all, we'll need to be people of focus. People of focus. Oh, the people of Haggai's day, they knew what they'd been called to do. This was no surprise to them. They'd been brought back to this promised land, not so that they could become rich and have lives of ease, not so that they could boast about, oh, great houses and lands and so forth and how wonderful it was to live in the blessing of God. But they had been brought back so that they could build a land, a nation that belonged to God, that they could might build a place of worship for God, that they could build a nation that would glorify God's name. Oh, they started out so well. The foundation was laid. The altar had been put into place. But again, they became distracted by the affairs of this life. They became distracted by what they thought they needed to do for themselves. They became distracted even by the blessings that had come their way. And thus they stopped the work of building God's kingdom and began to build their own kingdoms. And so Haggai says to the people, or the Lord says to the people through Haggai, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in room? Oh, he was asking in essence, how is it that you have allowed your lives to get so out of focus? How is it that you've put the things of God on the back burner of your life? How is it that you've allowed your relationship with God to become secondary to so many other things? Listen, we all know again when life is difficult, and we find ourselves in a place of struggle, that place of exile again, that it's often, it's often there where a spiritual fire is lit within our souls. It is then that we tend to make all kinds of commitments that, oh God, I'm going to serve you, just help me, and I'm going to serve you with my life. Our focus truly does begin to shift to heavenly things. And you see, that's the way it was for the Jews when they were in Babylon. But what about after the exile, when life begins to go well and we begin to prosper, or at least as we begin to adjust to what becomes our new normal? Oh, we know how easily, how easily we lose our focus. We become so distracted from the things of God. We allow the things of this world to slowly capture our attention. The routines of life begin to take over. And before you know it, our relationship with God has become secondary to so many other things in life. Listen, you know what? If we're honest about it, before this time, that's the way so many of us in the church were living. God was, yeah, he was a part of our life, but just a part. Not number one necessarily. Oh, we prayed, but we didn't pray with the fervency that maybe we're praying with today. 
And God was just kind of, he was there. We'd come to church. We would go through worship and maybe, maybe even serve in some ways. But we were so distracted by so many other things. Let me ask you this question this morning. What are you looking forward to when you come out of your exile? Listen, are we looking forward to more money, a better paycheck, better health, a nice vacation, a better routine, a walk in the park? Oh, I know I'm looking forward to so many of those things. But we need to realize now that if we truly want the blessing of God upon our lives, and if we really want to make any kind of impact for the kingdom of God, then when we come out of our exile, when we come past this crisis into our new normal, we will need to be people of great focus, people who will make the things of God and our our relationship with God, the kingdom of God, the top priority of our lives. See, there's going to be lots of distractions. But God is calling us even now to be a people of focus. Secondly, I believe through Haggai, he's calling us to be a people of faith. Haggai chapter 1, verse 9, I just read it a few moments ago. He says this, You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. You say, Pastor, what does that have to do with faith? Well, let me describe to you what happened. You see, rather than trusting God with their lives, the people began to think that it was up to them to build a new life for themselves. And thus, to the detriment of their relationship with God, they worked and they worked and they worked and they worked. They took life into their own hands. They put the things of God aside. But the end result was, as we read, they never had enough to eat, to drink, to wear. For rather than trusting God with their lives, the people had become self-sufficient. Rather than living as people of faith, they took life into their own hands, and the result was they lost the blessing of God and the opportunity to be used by God. Because here's the thing, it takes faith to live for God. It takes faith to give to God. It takes faith to keep God the priority of of our lives where we say, God, I know this is not about what I can do for myself. This is not about me taking care of myself, but this is about me entrusting my life into your hands. And sometimes that can that can create a little fear in our lives. But over in chapter two, verse four, the Lord says to his people these words, be strong, all you people of the land. For I am with you. In other words, God was saying to his people, listen, be a people filled with faith. Be a people who will trust in my presence, my power, and my love to give you all that you have need of. Trust me to take care of you, to provide for you, to protect you, to meet every need that you have. Live by faith. And and know that I will take care of you every step of the way. You don't need to try to make a life for yourself, but you put your life into my hands and I will take care of you. I will help you. I will provide for you. Or the Bible says to us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And as we eventually come out of our exile and begin to re-engage in life, it will be so tempting for us to, to try to take life back into our own hands. Whether out of fear or a sense of independence and pride, we all have the tendency to trust God less and less as time goes by. But God is calling us now to determine 
that we will be people who will live by faith and not by sight. He's calling us to trust him in the midst of the crisis and after the crisis. For as we come out of our exile and enter our new normal, we will need to be people who will trust God with every part of our lives, every step of the way. People who will rely upon him and follow him that we might not fall into old patterns, but rather we'd say, God, my life is in your hands. And so, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to give I'm going to give what I have to give for the sake of your kingdom. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to bless others because I'm not, I'm not trying to work for myself, but I'm living by faith. I'm living for you. God is calling us now to be people of faith. And finally, this morning, I want us to see that God is calling us to be people of vision. People of vision. Go with me to chapter 2. Verse number three, and then verse number nine, where we read these words. Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like nothing? But verse number nine, he goes on to say, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. You see, there were those in Haggai's day who sat on the sidelines complaining that this new temple was so inadequate, so small it seemed to them, especially those who had seen the, the first temple. For some of them had seen that former temple, and this new temple had seemed to them like nothing. It wasn't exactly the way it once was, the way it had been. But Haggai calls them to be a people of vision, to see what God saw. He called them to look beyond the physical and to begin to look ahead with spiritual eyes. And so, so Haggai, or the Lord through Haggai, challenges them to see that God was at work, to see that it wasn't about the size of the temple or the amount of gold that was being used, but rather it was about the presence of God and the glory of God and what God was going to do there in that place. Oh, if the people would work diligently, keeping their focus on the things of God. And if they would live their lives filled with faith, God was going to do something incredible there in and through that temple. Well, the truth is, we don't know what things are going to look like as we enter into our new normal. And it will become easy for us to complain. Listen, it, we'll, you know, some of us might start to say, oh, it's not the way it used to be. Have you heard that before? Or I wish things would go back to the way they once were. Because listen, even when we come back to church, church is most likely going to look very different. And I believe, I'll just say this, that, that God, has, through this time, is kind of letting us see what's most important for us as the body of Christ, for the church but just because things aren't the same, just because things may not look the same, doesn't mean that God isn't at work. In fact, it might just be that through our new normal, that we will be able to experience the presence of God and bring the presence of God into our world and, and into our lives as never before. Our new normal just might turn out to be our greatest opportunity ever to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so even now, God is calling us to prepare ourselves so that as we come out of our exile 
and we enter into our new normal, we will be filled with great vision, looking ahead to the things that God is going to do. Oh, will you begin to do that even now? Will you begin to pray? God, give me eyes to see what you see. God, God, don't let me become that person who becomes so nearsighted that I can't see your hand at work. God, God, I want to be a person, a man or woman filled with vision because listen, in the days to come, God is going to need, the church is going to need, the world is going to need people of vision. Oh, again, listen, I know things are going to look very different in our new normal. Again, even the church, it may look very different when we come back. I don't know. Are we all going to be wearing masks? I don't know what it's going to look like. Are we going to have to sit like every other pew? I don't know. All I know is this. It's going to be different. And I struggle myself. I struggle every day trying to figure out what life is going to look like after this crisis. What will my life look like? How will it all impact my family? I mean, like many of you, I haven't seen my kids since the middle of March. How is this going to impact us being together? What about the church? What will it look like? What will, what will it look like in my neighborhood and in our nation and across our world? All kinds of questions. And I know they run through your mind. They run through my mind. What will our new normal look like? What will it be? And yet I realize I can't get stuck trying to figure all those things out. We can't get stuck trying to just figure it all out. But rather, I believe we need to allow this time period that we've been in and the lessons we've been learning to not be wasted. To not be wasted. We need to keep our priorities in order, church. We need to really learn what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. We need to determine now that as we come out of our exile and begin to move into our new normal, that we will come out as people of focus, as people of faith, and people of vision. That God might be able to both bless us, and more than that, that God might be able to use us in a greater way than ever before. And so I want to, I just want to encourage you this, this morning, won't you offer your life to God, saying to him, hey, God, help me be that person that you will need me to be in the days to come. Lord, I give my life to you. Yes, I, I'm, I'm asking for your blessing. I want to live in such a way that you'll be able to bless my life. But more than that, I want to be, be used by you. That others would come to know your grace, your love, your mercy, your power. And so God, even now, I... Lord, I have so many questions. I have the questions. I know you have the questions. God, I have so many questions about what the future holds and how it's all going to play out. But, but in the midst of those questions, even in the midst of this exile, right now I determine that no matter what my life will look like in the days to come, that I will be a man, I will be a woman of focus, that I'm going to do my very best and with the help of your Holy Spirit to keep my relationship with you, the priority of my life, to really begin to seek first the kingdom of God. Not build my own kingdom, but your kingdom, oh God. And I, I commit myself even now to being a man, a woman of faith, trusting you with my life every step of the way, no matter what that might look like. But God, I'm going to entrust my life into your hands rather than holding on to things, 
Rather than working, working, working to make something of my life, God, I'm going to entrust my life into your hands as I live by faith and not by sight. God, I give myself to you even now to be a person of vision, to begin to look ahead, to see what you're doing. As I give my life to you to see what you're able to do through my life in the days to come. What you're able to do through your, your body, through the church, locally and globally. Lord, I give my life to you to live as you would have me to live, to be the kind of person that you would need me to be for this time, for this hour. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? And wherever you are right now, I just want to encourage you to lift your heart to the Lord. Maybe lift a hand to the Lord as a sign of your commitment to him. And begin to say, God, here's my life. Lord, help me not to get out of focus. Help me not to become self-sufficient, self-dependent. Help me not to be short-sighted, nearsighted. God, I want to be the kind of person that you can bless, the kind of person who is, is able to be used by you, the kind of man or woman, young person that really does bring your heart pleasure. God, here's my life today. Here's my life today. While many of us are praying that kind of prayer, there might be someone out there that maybe you've never given your life to God through faith in his son, Jesus. Everything else has been important in your life. Everything else has been happening in your life, but somehow you've neglected your relationship with God. And I want to tell you this morning, God, the gospel message is still true, that God sent his son into this world to live for you, to die for you. He, he rose again from the grave three days later, that you and I, that mankind, that we would be able to know the salvation of God, that we would be, be called the people of God. And right now, there might be someone there that you need to bow your head and you need to begin to pray and say, God, I give my life to you through faith in your son, Jesus. I give my life to you to live for you. I need to begin to focus on spiritual things. So I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to come into my life. I need to begin to live by faith, trusting you with my life, trusting in Christ. God, would you give me a vision of what you can do in and through my life? Because you see, the Bible says when we follow Christ, old things pass away, all things become new. It's a new vision for your life today. So Father, right now, I pray for your people that, that are are. are are, are viewing this service this morning in so many different places. I pray your hand a blessing upon them as we commit ourselves to you, God, to being the kind of people that you, you call us to be. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come, would minister to us, would help us in this moment, in this hour, would prepare us for the days to come. I pray for those who are maybe reaching out to you for the first time. Maybe someone who's wandered away and they're finding their way back to you. Father, I pray that you go to them by your spirit, that you would renew them, that your presence would be real to them, that they would experience forgiveness of sin and newness of life. And so I pray your blessing on each one. We do pray, God, that you would help us not to just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word as our Lord Jesus taught us. And it's in his name we pray. 
Amen. Amen.